Hi there and welcome to episode number 24 of the MWF series. I'm your host Praddy once again and for those of you who are joining us for the first time and are wondering what the hell the MWF series stands for, it is essentially the midweek fixture series. It's something that we started for, from season two. And in this particular series, we review games that happen either during the week or during the weekend. And so for episode number 24, we're going to be reviewing three key games of the week. So this is part one, for those of you wondering. And for part one, we're going to be reviewing second leg fixture between Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona. And to help me review this particular game, we've got the guests who were there for the first leg as well. So we've got Joseph, who supports PSG and is the founder of the PSG Supporters Club in Lebanon. And we've got Rudra, who supports Barcelona. And yeah, if you've listened to our first leg episode, I think we did that a couple of weeks ago. You would have heard of them, or even if you've listened to our previous episodes, whether it be this particular series or our main series, you would have definitely heard of them. So I guess it'll be best to start off with the biggest question of the night, which is, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, of course. Uh, first of all, I would like to say hard luck to my friend uh, Rudra, and I wish him all the luck in the next competition that they still have. Of course, uh, for the last game, it was obvious that Pucci he will not take any risk by starting with an offensive game, especially that he's, uh, he, he was missing uh, some of his key players like Di Maria and, uh, and Neymar and Keane. Uh, that's why it was obvious for us that uh, our uh, style of, uh, of play will be the defensive one. As we have seen, it was correct that uh, Barcelona uh, was focusing on the offensive one, of course. Why not? Because they were losing uh, 4-1. So they have no other choice than scoring uh, and trying to make another remontada. Uh, of course, uh, Pucci, he made everything to not allow this to happen. In the first half, uh, I think uh, they were playing much, much better than us. They dominated the center, the midfield. But our defense uh, handled the things, especially our uh, keeper, uh, Navas. So, so I think uh, the turning point of the game was when Navas stopped uh, Messi from scoring his penalty. I think uh, th- this it was uh, the turning point of the game. During the second half, and especially after the, some changes by uh, Pochi, the changes uh, they uh, gave us some advantages on the center. The midfield, so Verratti and uh, Paredes, they have recovered a little bit. And I think they played with the time. They were trying to pass every moment uh, in the game uh, and trying to keep the score of uh, the first game. So I think the PSG, with the style, defensive style, they succeeded to refrain uh, Barcelona from scoring and Again, hard luck for Barcelona and for their supporters. Uh, yeah, first of all, congrats, Joseph, uh, on going through to the last eight. And yeah, the same thought. I, th- I thought we were, we, we were much better in the first half. We completely dominated the game. We had lots of chances which we missed and, uh, and the penalty too. We totally dominated the game. But then I thought um, Navas and Marquinhos from PSG were amazing. So... They stopped us from scoring our chances. 
and second half was a bit more balanced i feel i think with the substitutions which pochettino made i i still think we were the better team i think i do think we could have gone through if we had taken most of our chances but we didn't and that's that's what happened right but did you think that uh, you know you said of course barcelona had the chance but do you think that psg also you know could have probably upped a gear had there been a an issue yeah i think they could have i think they were they improved a lot in the second half but uh, of course i think they they had a pretty big lead going into this game so i'm sure i, I think the the idea was just to try and contain the lead and i think they did it quite well and rudra the probably the last question that i have for you is now where does barcelona go from here obviously you've got a um, new president now uh, you know things probably seemed a little better you sort of had that bounce but where do barcelona go from here i think this is expected that we go out uh, because psg are a much stronger team but now we have to focus on uh, domestically i think in la liga we are just a few points we're catching up to atletico madrid uh, we are currently i guess 6 points behind them yeah. so yeah it'll be 12 12 more games we, which we could try to win the title and we are also in the final of the copa del rey so it'd be nice to win that and end the season with the trophy perfect and joseph now obviously congratulations to psg they move on to the quarter finals who amongst the you know other remaining teams out there i think most of them have been confirmed <laughs> barring some really crazy results but who would you like to face in the <laughs> quarter finals honestly i would like to face chelsea <laughs> just okay. to play against our uh, ex coach <laughs> oh that that would be really interesting <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. this is this is what i <laughs> this is what i miss but uh, I to... uh, the chelsea the atletico and chelsea game that's one of the more tense ones because it's only a 1-0 gap there right yeah but anyone else that you if not chelsea uh if not chelsea halen yeah halen <laughs> 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 again <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, uh, but from pochettino's side and from what you've seen of psg you came to the finals last year and yeah. like as a liverpool fan we've seen it you know we didn't we made the finals one year and the next year we won it so how how much of a realistic possibility is it for psg to actually win it win the competition given that you beat the almighty barcelona yeah if you look back at the stories every team who won barcelona or real madrid uh, sorry for the for the past 10 years maybe hmm. i i checked yesterday for the past 10 years or 15 years either barcelona or real madrid or the team who beat barcelona won the the champions league so it's it's our run our turn this year because we put barcelona out and most probably we have to win so this is the story but uh, the fact we have a big chance to win it this year because our team is much stronger they have the experience also we have a powerful coach uh, that uh, we trust too much we know that uh, pochettino he knows what to do yeah. and uh, whenever he wants to play offense he play offense hardly and whenever to want To, he wants to play the defense he know how to play the defense without jeopardizing our nets and of course i think we have this year a big chances to get uh, the the final and we, we we don't miss anything to to get the trophy and to to be the champion 
Definitely. And experience, I mean, that counts for a lot. We saw that whether you're talking about exactly. PSG, not only ha- do the players have experience, but even Pochettino has an exper- has experience of going to a final, Champions League final. Yeah. And one where, I mean, if you look by the stats, they actually dominated. So he has that experience and the players know how to perform and uh, they know what is to be expected for those big game moments. And it, it definitely works in their favour. It, but again, it de- really depends on now who they've come to face and the draw will be really, really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess that's all the time, though, we have to discuss the second leg fixture. Congratulations to Joseph and PSG. Commiserations to Rudra and Barcelona. Hopefully we get to see a more revived Barcelona in the near future because that, that's what we probably all are looking for. More competition that just ups everyone's game. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. And I can't wait. I mean, Joseph, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the draw once it happens. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what your reactions are, and depending on whom you draw. I believe that will be Chelsea. Really, I, I have this belief. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be a really nice match up then. But thanks, Joseph and Rudak. And, and I can't Thank wait you. to host you, whether for this, be it for this kind of podcast series or our um, other one. Yeah, of course. Thank I you. also want to say to Rudra, good luck in your domestic competitions. And I really want to say that but the, everyone said that Barcelona is weak this season. But what I have seen in the last game, no, Barcelona is, is still strong. But he maybe he's, he's, he passed uh, some difficulties somewhere. But now he's very strong, I believe. Thank you. So, um, good luck. Good luck to you too. And uh, hope you do well in the Champions League. Hope you can win it, win it for the first time this year. Hopefully. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. All right. And uh, thank you to those of you who've been listening to this entire podcast. Uh, that's it for part one or segment one of episode number 24. I'll catch you all in part two, which is coming up just after this. All right. See you. All right, now welcome to part two or segment two of episode number 24 of the MWF series. For part two, we're going to be reviewing the second leg fixture between Liverpool FC and RB Leipzig. And to help me review this particular game, we've got the guests who were there on for the first leg itself. Uh, that is Eric, who supports RB Leipzig and has been supporting RB Leipzig for such a long time. And I'm glad we could have him back on the podcast. And we have Owen, who is a Liverpool supporter and who also runs the Cop On podcast, which I've had the pleasure of being a guest on a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, the circumstances weren't so great back then. But I'm glad we could have them both here. And I suppose let's start off, as we always do, with the big question of the evening. And that is, what were your thoughts on the game? Okay, thanks for having me here, Pradium. My thoughts on the game were that we might have a chance to put our foot back into the door, like we say in German here. But as we all know, it didn't happen. And my thought about it after the game, um, we had our chances to score goals early in the game. But like in the first game, we didn't use our opportunities. And so it came like out of nowhere like in the first game, Liverpool scored first money, then Salah, or was it? No, uh, first Salah, then money, like in yeah. the first leg. Yeah, so it's then nil two in the end. It's goodbye from us to this year's Champions League campaign. And 
I'm absolutely okay with that because I had little hopes for a win in this leg, but world-class Liverpool, like I say, because yeah, they have injuries right now and yes, they play not good in the, in the Premier League, but Klopp is motivating his team permanently and he's doing that superb. And so it's really, really a deserved win for Liverpool in these two legs. And it's not a shame that we've gone out because... Uh, in the last year, we might have a little bit luck with the one-leg games in mm. quarterfinal and the semifinal. And in two legs, we might have not gone through against Atletico Madrid then. So I'm absolutely okay with going out of the Champions League. Congratulations once again to you, Owen. Um, I congratulated him on the evening when the game was played. And yeah, I'm absolutely okay with it. Well, it's very generous uh, of Eric to be uh, so kind with his um, his appraisal. Um, I thought he was he was absolutely spot on in terms of Klopp motivating the players. You could tell um, Liverpool were. I mean, you can never tell the season which Liverpool will turn up, but this one is the real Liverpool. You could say, you know, you know, in terms of xG, for example, we we had a two point eight seven this time. Um, compared to, I think it was 1.97 in the first leg. I thought it was a really good attacking performance. At the same time, we were a bit lucky. We can talk about incidents a bit later. But generally, I'm absolutely thrilled to go through. I'm absolutely thrilled that the real Liverpool turned up. Perfect. And let's get into those chances that you know both sides had. But Liverpool especially, you know, given the first half, some of the chances, especially the insane pass from Thiago and it was such a shame that neither Salah nor Mane could put that at the back of the net. But chances like that which were missed in the first half especially, did it sort of concern you that you know the number of chances we kept missing would come back to haunt us? Or were you fairly sort of comfortable with the fact that you know even though we had our chances, we would at some point score? Uh, no, I wasn't comfortable at all, especially given our, our Premier League form. Um, yeah. I mean, in some ways, that first half was typical to to a Premier League game. We did create a lot of chances, but we kept, you know, fluffing it up at the last moment. That Kung Fu pass that you mentioned from Thiago yeah. Alcantara was the big highlight. But then, you know, Sadio Mane had a, like a headed chance that went over. And we had another, you know, a few good chances. But then at the other end, I was, you know, at nil-nil. People will forget how big... Allison's save was in that first half. But, uh, you know, as, as the game wore on, it wasn't until we scored the first goal that I really thought, wow, I really started to, to think, okay, right, we're going through now. Right. I mean, it must have, you must have breathed a huge sigh of relief there. Eric, from Leipzig's perspective, what do you think went wrong? Was it tactically? Because you now had Fosberg back. Uh, Upamakana also had, you know, uh, was back and probably had a decent game. Obviously, you know the Salah goal. People could look at and wonder why you would any time at any point of time gives let Salah cut in. But from your perspective, what sort of went wrong with Leipzig? I can exactly tell you what went wrong in this game. Uh, we concentrate a lot on the game, have a good tactic, and blow it away within seconds to. Uh, Big mistake that we make in the defense, and that's the point Liverpool always uses in this game. It was two years ago in Munich in a second leg, and it was almost in a last year's round of 16 second leg versus Atletico, which they lose in extra time. And so, yeah, like I said, it was absolutely okay 
the performance from us. But when you did not concentrate in a, in this quarter of seconds which this happens, then you can't attack them in this exact point and defend yourself from conceding a goal. And that's what happened. We did not get a foot in and so Liverpool could score easily with a top class Salah with a top class money and that's that's the point what Owen was saying. It's world class Liverpool then, unlike in the Premier League. So yeah, that's what went wrong. We had the right tactic but did not concentrate in two situations in a quarter of a second. Right. For Liverpool's sake, we should just keep playing all of our home matches in Budapest. We probably do better as than we are doing <laughs> yeah. Owen, okay, so talking about Liverpool as well, how important was getting Fabinho into midfield? Because I think he mentioned it, Klopp mentioned it. We've had issues. I, I know I got really upset when Gary Neville, uh, not Gary Neville, but Gary Lineker said that you know, in hindsight, should we have played in midfield? We didn't have any other choice but to play him as a centre-back because, you know, he's probably one of the few players in our team who's so versatile. But how important was that role against Leipzig that he played in central central defensive midfield? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. We didn't have a choice when he was playing at the back because uh, we didn't have Kabak, who uh, played well, I thought. But uh, yeah. to, ha- to allow Fabinho back in, into midfield, I mean, he's he's truly unbelievable, isn't he? I mean, as as a number six, I mean, he's got these, uh, you know, mad extending, you know, spider legs. He reminds me of the monster in Stranger Things uh, with his, you know, just this kind of, uh, I don't know, legs everywhere. He's kind of scary. Uh, but he wins the ball. He's got such grace, such intelligence. His reading of the game is superb and you know the it was difficult. I mean, you know, I do think we were lucky. I mean, Forsberg was just wide. Uh, they hit the bar at nil-nil and had they got the first goal, it could have been, you know, nerves are jangling. But the performance of Fabinho was absolutely superb. I mean, with, with some great midfielders like Campbell, Olmo, uh, and Kunku, Sabitzer, uh, Thiago Alcantara, Genie Wijnaldum, I think he was the best midfielder on the pitch. And I suppose the fact that he's playing as a central defensive midfielder opens up that role for Thiago to play like he's supposed to be playing. I know Eric will also know, you know, Thiago is meant to be the playmaker in in that in that team. He's not supposed to be, you know, going back and trying to pass sideways. And yeah, let's hope that it stays that way. But Eric, you mentioned that you were okay with Leipzig, you know, not going through. I know slight you will definitely be slightly disappointed, but even though you're okay now for Nagusman, how much of a priority is it that he now concentrates hard on the league because you are you're not too far away from Bayern Munich and they will still be in the competition. So any potential slip up, you will have to. I mean, people will be looking at Leipzig to take opportunity of that. Um, it's not a contra- concentration of the league that now happens because um yeah we're not far away from Bayern as of now uh, four points due to the draw today against Frankfurt but uh the major chance to earn the first title in the history of the club is the Dave Bibko and uh, we're in a semi-final which is now a little bit unsafe against whom we will play is it Regensburg? Is it Bremen? Because uh, it is delayed to due to Corona. Uh, it will be played in April, and then we knew 
who is our opponent. So yeah, Nagelsmann is mainly concentrating on getting through to the Champions League next season in the league and is highly concentrating on the Pokal when we have the semi-final because it's a great opportunity. We had this great opportunity two years ago, bottled it against Bayern on a shit day of us in the final of Berlin. And yeah, that is the main factor that Nagelsmann wants to uh, prevent himself from that. Uh, he wants to win the Pokal, I think, and finds the league not so important like that. I'm a fan of, I, I wasn't aware of today's result, but yeah, it, it would make sense. I think any sort of trophy uh, would definitely build up that sort of self-esteem amongst the players and also that mentality uh, that you need to kind of go on from there. So it'll definitely be interesting. I know you're in the semi-finals and probably Dortmund are the other biggest sort of club in that poor culture. You know, it's going to be massive for one of them. And Owen, I guess the final question that I have for you is, now that Liverpool are through to the quarterfinals, which of the remaining teams and even potential teams would you most likely... Would you like to face in the quarterfinals? Well, I'm an uncomplicated man, so I would like the easiest draw possible. <laughs> I think that would be Porto, although yeah. Liverpool have had a had a history of going out to to teams like, for example, we, we went out to Benfica, who were the, supposed to be the easy draw back in about 2009, something like that, 2010 maybe. And I just think. The easiest draw possible. We should get through. I mean, we we tend to do well against Porto. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think Porto, uh, in recent times, we've had the better off, uh, whether it be, you know, Sadio Mane's hat-trick or even, La- I think, the year we won the trophy, we faced them in the quarterfinals. But, yeah, like, like you mentioned, I think it's just going to be interesting. The draw is really going to be interesting to see. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the draw once we once it happens. Uh, I think that's going to happen next week or this coming week, Friday. Friday, uh, once yeah. The, yeah. So once the second leg of the other teams are done. But I suppose that's all the time we have for this particular episode. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Owen, for coming on to this podcast and discussing the second leg. Commiserations once again to Eric and congratulations to Owen for being uh, for you know, successfully getting through to the quarterfinals. And Eric, we'll definitely love to have you on here if uh, Leipzig progresses to the final of the DFB Pokal. We'd love to get your thoughts on that. And if it's against Dortmund, even better. I mean, the occasion will be huge. So thank you, Eric and Owen. And uh, like I said, looking forward to hosting you soon. Thanks, Thanks for having very me. Much. Thank you, Eric. Um, Thank you, Brady. Thanks, Owen. And I look forward to the friendly in Leipzig, which would take place in maybe this year or next year, because that would be huge if that's happening. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right. So to those of you listening to this podcast, that's it for part two or segment two of the episode. I'll catch you all in segment three, which is coming up right after this. See you. All right, now welcome to part three of segment three. And this is the final part of episode number 24 of the MWS series. And for part three, we're going to be reviewing the biggest game in the ISL, which is the ISL final, which took place between Mumbai City FC and ATK Mohan Bagan. And to kind of help me review this particular game, we've got two guests on the 
panel or for this part. We've got Debujit who has been on the podcast before and he supports ATK Mohan Bagan and Shlok who's been on our other series uh, and hasn't been on this particular series and I'm glad we could have him on here and he supports Mumbai City FC. So first things first, spoiler alert to those of you who haven't listened, uh, haven't watched the match, but I'm guessing by now you should have because this is going to come out on a Wednesday and it's been a while since the final took place. So congratulations to Mumbai City FC for their first ISL title and commiserations to ATK Mohan Bagan for you know putting up a good fight. Uh, you know, it's a last minute sort of goal from Mumbai City that clinched the title. But yeah, before I babble on too much, because I clearly didn't watch the match, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, what your thoughts were on the match. Yeah, well, um, it's the first time we had reached the finals. You could tell that the team, they had the nerves, you know, like in this, we didn't have like a great start. Um, if you must have watched the final, you must have known that we conceded first. And that was because of a very silly error. No surprise that it was Jahu, to be fair. Got pressed very well by Roy Krishna and David Williams smashed it in the back of the net. And the crazy thing is that I feel that Amrinder could have saved it, could have done better there. And um, just to add to the perspective that he is going to be joining ATKMB soon. Like, every time he touched the ball, I was so scared. I'm like, this guy's just going to score against us at this point. Like, he'll just shoot it in the back of the net. Yeah, but but what a comeback. It was, it was a pretty funny game in terms of the errors, you know. It's like, even though there were clear-cut chances, none of those turned out to be goals. It was just, like, really weird errors that just ended up uh, turning into, like, something you can never expect in a finals, really. Before I move into the game, I'll start off free mindset which uh, which ATK Monbaran was going into and how Mumbai City was planning into the whole scenario to the whole get up to the game, which I really found that ATK was very proactive going into the game. But I found Mumbai City was a bit defensive from the first front, which led ATK to fire in a few more shots, which was really evident to the match staff, which I found out that in total ATK Monbaran had 18 shots. Out of that, over on target, one less than that of Mumbai City FC. But in the whole game, only, I guess, less than 10. I think 8 it was. That means their fire attack wasn't going according to their thoughts, which was possibly right. And only 5 shots from target. Yes, the numbers were less, but concrete. But on the other front, the match started on a note where City was trying to attack, dominate, not the one which we saw in the semi-finals. And also on one more front, Mumbai City FC was trying to pass on the ball and make it a group game. But Mumbai was always on to the front foot, always trying to dominate, which defensive errors and obviously some slip-throughs with Arundam coming into the frame. Yes, once again, for him, we lost game. But kind of blame it because defense was always there in front of him, which did not support him. So one thing, I'll just say it's very concrete and short that yes, ATK Mohan Bagan played but not to their potential. Once again, I repeat, but not to their real potential. The man who worked day in, day out, Matthew did his part. Roy Krishna passed all the balls, which should be good. David Williams did his part. But yes, once again, defense made it go down. I will just cut it short and say that we could have won the game. Yes, Mohan Bagan scored two goals. But yes, Always, you have to realize this. Doesn't matter how many shots you take. Doesn't matter how many, how much ball possession do you have. What matters how many balls you put in the back of the net. So yes, once again, congratulations to Mumbai City FC on the first title. We went to ATK Mohan Bagan. We could not do it. 
legends are, are made after a setback. I hope we again come back. AC is coming up hard and fast. Yes, again, next year we will see both of them playing. And Mumbai City FC will be playing in the AC next year. Could I just ask you a question if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. So, as an ATK MB fan, do you want to keep Habas for next season? Definitely. Listen, this man has the grit. Why not? I'll just sum it up in two, two sentences. This man thinks a lot before a game begins. He plans at least 24 hours before. Why? Because, yes, this person is experienced. He already has got what it takes to be the knowledge of ISL, how to say yes. A bigger example I'll give of Ibu Vituna. It's not easy to tackle a team, not easy as a team, tackling a top-notch football tournament in the country. ISL is going from fire and tongs, it's going from one benchmark to the another. Yes, he could not with this time. Another year, he deserves it. Definitely he deserves it. And with Marcelino, a good buy, which he really wanted. So his tactical, yes, sometimes everyone has a bad day. But that's another. One more time, he does deserve it. Okay, Shlok, from Mumbai City's perspective, you know, how much of a boost will this give Lobera and his team? And you know, going forward, you know, what do you see for Mumbai City? Okay, so from what I know, um, Lobera's on a 2 plus 1 deal, right? And I'm, I can only assume that the plus 1 clause of the contract is based on the silverware he gets. So clearly, I feel that the club had given him 2 years to win a trophy. They must have said, okay, first year, get in your foreigners, you know, get into the top four, do well. Probably didn't expect us to get a double, like at the very most, like, you know, wildest. It was was just wild. Like, I think they must have expected him to finish second or so. Even I thought we would finish second, to be fair. Um, But this just paves the way for the CFG project in India because now it's given them trust. Now they know how the market works. They know that it's not going to end up like a Melbourne. It's not going to end up like an NYCFC. It's a place where they can pour in money. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are going to co- come up now. Um, that's the thing about Mumbai as a city. Um, I don't like to say this, but people can be superficial. So, and um, they'll come and watch the team once we start winning. So it's just going to be like that spark. You know, from now, maybe we'll see an academy being built, stadium renovations, uh, a lot more money being put into marketing and fan events and whatnot. So... Yeah, yeah, I think it's just gonna get way better from now. I'll just I'll just drop in one small question. Yeah, sure. Ashur. Yes, silverware is a cushion, it's a feather on the heart. I agree. But how about you know, a team goes through um like a timeline, right? It mm. goes through you know ups and downs. Yes, yeah. you'll have the ups, you'll you'll had you know the glory, the two two glory. Like yeah. awesome what you'll did on the very first go. Hats off. But don't you think the expectations are going sky high right now, and maybe a loss, maybe a, you know a downfall like what saw in in this year. Kerala Blasters not doing the potential, Northeast nowhere there, cruising along. Don't you think you know the expectation will be very high, which will lead to an immense pressure on the management and the players if they don't perform according to the potential coming next season? And football is being very fast in India right now. That, you know, things are becoming very fast. I mean, absolutely. That comes with, like, the reputation that we've kind of built for ourselves with CFG and everything, right? Like, now we are, in in a sense, ambassadors of CFG in India. We have the money. 
we're, we're getting in the talent and yeah there's going to be massive pressure for the players to perform for the managers to perform and i would agree that the expectations are pretty high and even i know that it's not practical to win every year and there will be your your or maybe several years where uh, we do not win like you know several consecutive years that's also possible but in general i was just talking about the whole project that cfg will try to build like you know it's like they put in an investment this year and it's and they've seen how that's paid off so now they would have a bit more incentive to go and invest more if they had any apprehensions earlier i i bet that they're cleared now but yeah i mean compared to the old mumbai city fc that i used to love and, and i still love it it's certainly going to get a lot better you know earlier we used to try to fight to get into the playoffs now we're going to be fighting you know in the finals it makes sense because the, it's similar to what they probably did at manchester city uh, you know given after city won their first title their first premier league title you know the amount of investment that's been poured in not only in ter- on the in terms of the club but infrastructure around the you know the city and everything else so they definitely do like to leave a mark and leave a legacy and i think you know a few more successes like this would definitely even more uh, make it even more apparent that india is a good place to invest in for cfg I, okay debuji from atk uh, mohan bagan's perspective uh you now mentioned that you do still have to go ahead and play the i think afc cup and so you know how does habas now prepare for that uh we have got just just like we have lost we don't we lost the finale we did not get the silverware but we still have two boosts for ourselves which i really wrote on my timeline yesterday that uh we got the golden glove and the golden ball so therefore what what i really see that we have got roy krishna firing not only firing but doing the captain's role passing the ball joining hands with mathieu doing a fantastic job one question which i would like to put into shlok that shlok what do you think yesterday's lineup where you all had a you know 4231 if i remember that do you think jahu and borges they club well yeah yeah i yeah. understand what you mean because um a lot of times it seems it feels a bit defensive right because those two just sit in front of the defense and yeah. that's something we've seen time and time again in this season uh, which is why i kind of feel that rainier should be playing instead of jahu in the double pivot and yeah. maybe have sai godard starting on the wings essentially i feel what lobera's trying to do is bring pumo deeper bring rainier deeper and uh, have the right back overlap but i think am i, I, I am i going I, up huh you you mean am i going up yeah yeah am i going up or rakip or whoever is playing at right back mm-hmm. um, right so i i don't exactly know why there's a more conservative approach uh, in midfield with respect to those two raulin he had played in a more advanced role at northeast he's not doing that as much right now maybe it is to support jao defensively uh, as we all know he's not been that great defensively as compared to olio so maybe that's why he feels that if you position raulin closer to jao the errors may be swept up by raulin the errors means you know in the in the left back yesterday where hmm. where manveer was penetrating time and again the left back yeah. position right yeah. uh, it was it was a bit sloppy on the on the left hand side where you all were trying to you know not stay fight that place where it is being penetrated time and again hmm. and momentary would have been much more of a better team if they would have gone all out coming from coming from a really football point for perspective if they would have gone out it hmm. would have been subsided by the by the very first 30 minutes they would have been exhausted because they were not playing that again which they could have played to the potential if lenny and mcu would wouldn't have joined into 
and made this place very short. They were not getting space enough to play because yesterday's like lineup was like a very awkward lineup. It's three, five, and two. I mean, five players in the same line, which was not being utilized. The place was the field, the midfield of the opponent half, and third was not being tactically used by Etienne Mohanbagan, which was a real concern. Because as we moved ahead, as 60 minutes came up, the first hour mark, there was a bit of lethargicness which was seen. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, there was less ball possession. Like mm. each time, if then when Mohanbagan was going into attack, when they were moving ahead, one very, very similar thing which was found that the total pass accuracy, both teams were neck and neck. There was yeah. pass accuracy. I don't know the percentile, but the pass accuracy was neck and neck. But if you see, really see the passes which were being played by an MC, Mumbai City, it was mm. a very triangular pentagon pass. It, and mm. and Mohan was doing, like, they were loitering around. They were not, not getting the ball. They were not getting those passes which could have been a penetrable passes which Roy Krishna was doing. He had to come down. Mm. Forward, we need to come down to support the midfield when there is Makhu, when there is the other players. Then it was really a, a point of concern for, for Edigan Mohan Bagan. Right. Because the forward so, needs to come down and the captain. So, so I feel, I mean, to answer your first question about um, why didn't Mumbai City attack from the get-go, uh, I genuinely feel that one place where we really lack is speed in defence. Uh, Mutada fall. I think, I'm pretty sure you noticed that uh, part where Roy Krishna cut past him two times. Right? On left side, left wing. Yeah, yeah on the left, uh, on the right side. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ATK is left, yeah. Sorry, ATK, ATK is left. left. ATK is left, yeah, yeah. left, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just that if you're playing higher up, you need to push your entire team higher up, right? You can't leave that mm. gap. In high line of high line of defense. Exactly. So, you know, Roy Krishna, he's really good at beating the offside trap. Manveer Singh is very quick. So, it's just that if those two just go through on a long ball, we're, we're screwed. We're fucked completely. So, okay. I think, in, in that sense, I think, you know, Lobera just sought to play a bit deeper and um, maybe try to release our own players on the, on the break because I feel that a lot of our productive moments came from long balls. Either Bipin being released or, mm-hmm. you know, Adam LaFondre getting a long ball, he lays it off and then we begin play from there. Because mm-hmm. midfield-wise, ATKMB really like to cramp up the midfield. They have like this man-to-man marking system, which we've seen time and time again. And they're really good at it. You know, Carl McHugh, um, Pronay Holder, when he's playing Lenny Rodriguez, they're very good defensive players. In that sense, I think, you know, it was it was like a very gritty final wherein both teams just could not construct that play as well as they would have wanted to. And that's why we just kept seeing, you know, passes going this way, passes going that way. Not as efficient, as I would guess, as anyone would have wanted. Shlok, I, I want to ask you, 90th minute, the winner, just kind of talk us through what happened. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, we're all just watching and we look at, we, you know, falls whacked it over, two players crowding around Bart. And we're just thinking, you know, this is it. It's just going to be backing balls here and there. Game's going to go to extra time. Let's see what happens. Uh, we may not win this either. Somehow, Arindam makes a mistake. Bart is through. But it's still a very wide angle. We don't know what he's going to do. And, you know, even the shot that Pippin took, it was from, like, a relatively difficult angle. If you see, like, the run that he made and all, you wouldn't expect a shot to go in to the goal, like, half the time. It was like a 50-50 kind of shot. And I'm literally telling you, the moment he took the shot, the projector was like half obscured because we started jumping. 
and we saw it go in all we could hear was commentary and we it was bonkers dude like we were singing for the rest of the 4 5 minutes of the game and it was it was mental like we we literally couldn't see the last 4 5 minutes because everyone was dancing in front of the projector it was just wild dude like i don't even think i saw the goal go in properly like everyone just jumped and i'm just like it's good that's all i know and debuti hate to bring this up to you but when that winner went in what were your what was your reaction to that i was in on screening so it was heartbreak to see arinna making such a big mistake where he's coming outside not going back and uh, like giving his last line of defense goal line not being there nobody in there nobody standing on the first bar or the second bar the ball just rolling inside like like abandoned child <laughs> and i was like after all this build up and one huge thing which i really saw in kolkata was yesterday all the, the mohan bagan like club and people the fans who supported the joint hand they decorated the whole thing they accepted that it is a mohan bagan coming to that and winning a trophy that was expected trust me right now having goosebumps on my skin but that build up was there i, I was in tears and i just saw that a ball going in and i did, i expected this is it this is the line being drawn curtain call nothing is there after this we are not getting a draw after this that was curtain call it was heartbreak yeah tears were there but once again it's our mistake we should take it on we to wear the dress yes we are second not the ones with the trophy football won indian football went up mumbai city wins the title all right i mean we've got two different my voice did it all yeah, i know exactly all. exactly and there's two contrasting emotions there but i guess with that we have to conclude this particular segment so thank you debajit and shlok for being a part of this podcast it was a pleasure having you on here to discuss that final isl moment uh, which is a brilliant conclusion to the isl season as a whole we still have i know the other afc uh, competitions but for isl that's it and yeah i can't wait to either pick it up once the isl is back thank you thank you so much yeah man. definitely All right and uh, to those of you who've been listening to this entire podcast or this segment as well that's it for part 3 and with the end of part 3 that concludes episode number 24 of the MWS series i hope you've had a good time and if you've enjoyed the football content that we've been putting out there then please do check out our previous episodes or our other series you can do that on several different podcast platforms like anchor spotify google podcast apple podcast amazon pandora you name it we're probably there And if you have differing thoughts to what you've heard today or if you want to be a part of the podcast as well please do let us know you can do that on Instagram or on Twitter and I guess that's about it for episode number 24 I'll catch you all next Wednesday until then you all stay safe I'm your host Pradeep once again and see you